1: Hey everyone, I'm Eric. <laughs> this is my wife texting Julie.
0: Hey, I was just re- telling everyone on Instagram.
1: That hi. we are the blended life?
0: Well, because we just sit there in silence and they're like...
1: It's part of the program. We got to start the recording for YouTube. Mm-hmm. If you guys are watching this live right now, welcome.
0: Yeah, thanks like for I, joining us. Like I
1: said, we are the blended life. And tonight's topic, we're going to be talking a little bit about stepchildren, right? Yeah. And we have a lot of questions from you guys the viewers and listeners that's we appreciate that you guys we appreciate you guys sending in your questions your comments um leaving reviews and if you guys are watching this right now and you are a longtime watcher we appreciate you guys watching and leaving those reviews it's helping us out a ton and if you guys are welcome or if you guys are new to the channel welcome um we're excited to have you guys here um we like to argue sometimes but it's always for a point.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah, tell tell everyone about our review.
1: We we keep getting these reviews like these guys argue way too much and like if you listen to us consistently, we might argue a little bit, but there's always a little bit of uh, it gets solved. It gets resolved. I mean, we're we're
0: We're the real housewives <laughs> of blended life. <laughs> no, you, you know what? We're
1: <laughs> we're working things out and you yeah. know, sometimes you know, we're real here, you guys. This is not scripted. Um, you know, we work through some of our, our blended family problems right here in front of you guys. And, um, you know, I know a lot of you guys appreciate it. Um, but if, if it turns you off a little bit, let us know. Don't leave that they one. They do. <laughs> yeah, you guys do. But anyways, um, we're just grateful to have all you guys here. So yeah. Welcome and let's get started.
0: Alrighty. But I would like to address that a okay. little bit. Go on. The arguing thing.
1: The soapbox is yours.
0: The soapbox is mine. <laughs> Um, a lot of people don't realize that Eric and I, sometimes this is the longest we spend sitting down and talking about stuff uninterrupted. It's, um, been really good for our marriage to have this podcast outlet. Um, but yeah, what you see play out are conversations that we're having for the very first time and we're having them on air And also things come up that the other, each one of us didn't know the other had ever thought about or, you know, things are said that aren't necessarily like, that's not how I see it. Um, And so we have the kind of relationship and trust where we can call each other out (laughs) on things that are like, that's not how it is. Or um, I'm sure you guys can relate. So it is, it is. It is helpful to know that you guys aren't. I mean, I'm sure we're not the only ones. Oh my gosh, if we're the only ones arguing ever, well, you know, let us know that too. I think where
1: it gets under my skin a little bit, where it like touches home, is people are like, these guys argue and they bicker a lot, and I'm like, I think about it, I'm like, no, we work something out. Yeah, you guys might have watched us work it out, but we haven't ever left the podcast and gone to bed angry at one another. That's true. After this, you know, we've we've resolved, we've learned, we've worked through something, Mm -hmm. and. If you guys are uncomfortable with that, like, how's it working out in your own household, you know? um,
0: Oh, you're calling everyone else out. No, but I'm I'm saying if,
1: you know, if if you're not allowed to talk about this type of stuff in these deep situations, which we all have in blended families, and we're Mm -hmm. not allowed to kind of work that out here a little bit ourselves, Mm -hmm. then, I mean, you know, do we go to scripted and fake? I don't think that's what people want. I mean, you know, I, I watch something or listen to something um you know for educational purposes i want to i want to know the truth i want to i want to know how it's worked out how it works how mm-hmm. how to figure it out and i feel like um in our defense we're kind of doing that i mean it's it might not be the most orthodox way but then again we're not professionals we're in it just like you guys we're a normal blended family just like you guys and ours looks Probably like some of yours and completely opposite of a lot of yours. So
0: Yeah, we're doing things right. We're doing things wrong. (laughs) We're doing things. We're doing a
1: lot of things wrong. Yeah. But we're trying to figure them out with you guys, and that's why we are all here together. But
0: I think something cool that we should talk about, which was a hard conversation we had. We were driving around in the truck, and this is just to share a little bit about something that happened in our blended family this week um, before we dive into all the questions. Um you know, the arguing thing. And what did you tell me in the truck? We had a conversation, an adult conversation in front of my son in the truck. Oh, yeah. So talk about that because I think that probably relatable to other people.
1: I called you out outside of the podcast. (laughs) But I was like, look, I was like, we're dropping your son off for an appointment. We're in the vehicle for five minutes.
0: He's 15. He's
1: 15 years old. But when we have adult conversations not so much in front of your daughter because she kind of calls us out if she's uncomfortable in a situation, but both of the boys in the household, mm-hmm. they both get very quiet and they shut down. And then one of us, the biological one hears about it later. Usually I know I do from, from my biological son. He'd be like, you guys argue a lot. I'm be like, argue. I haven't argued with her at all today. He's all, no, you guys argue all day. And I'm like, wait, no, we're having adult conversations. And then I start thinking back to what we're talking about. And you and I were actually talking about um, financial stuff, about finances. You're shaking us. Oh, Um, sorry. We're talking about finances. And um, I could see your son in the background, like, because he's sitting back here behind me. And I see him just kind of start getting, like, this nervous, like, uncomfortable, you know, thing going. And he's real quiet. He won't talk about anything. And I'm thinking, like. It's what we're talking about. It's our situation. Like we're talking about finances and, you know, to a 15-year-old kid, it might sound like the end of the world, but a 15-year-old kid or, you know, any child at that point um, usually doesn't think about finances unless you guys are extremely well off or you're just never, you know, luck is always against you. You know, when it's, when you're just, you know, your average, you know, middle of the road family. And things go great sometimes and things get a little, you know, down sometimes, but you always seem to pull through. Kids don't really see, seem to think about finances.
0: Yeah, I think that Eric and I well, and it's just it's it's kind of comical that this is now becoming an issue because I feel like traditionally when we first, not traditionally, but when we first got together, um you would talk about everything in front of your kids. Mm-hmm. Everything. Mm-hmm. To the point where I was like, "Uh, I, it won't, I don't you think, know what? but then, and I was more reserved, like I wouldn't talk about anything in front of my kids and you would always be like, "Um, you know, that's not helpful to them. You need to have real discussion. You need to talk mm-hmm. about things. You can't shield do. them from things. Mm-hmm. You can't, you know, and so it's just funny to me that this is like. Our kids have to learn that in marriage, you do have adult conversations, and it doesn't mean it's the end of the world, and it doesn't mean you're fighting.
1: Right. Um, Well, here's the difference, though, is when I would do that, and when I still do that, I haven't changed that a lot. I still talk to my kids about everything, Um, but when I do, they are part of the conversation. They understand the context of the conversation, and No,
0: you would talk about stuff in front of your kids. I still do. That they're not a part of the conversation. He goes.
1: Are arguing you guys?
0: I'm just saying. Let okay. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay, no, you I'm, paint the picture no, however you want.
1: I, no, but we still like we still talk about things, mm-hmm. but they are a part of it, and I, and I still will, you know. But I, it's like it's not like, you know, on the way to an appointment, drop him off, and then he's sitting there waiting for his appointment, going, "Gosh, you know, are we <laughs> are we dirt broke, or you know, are we gonna?" uh what whatever whatever the paint whatever the picture gets drawn mm-hmm. up in the kid's head, you know yeah. when um you know at the end of the day like the conversation that we we're having really wasn't even a big deal it was like what's on what account what got cleared what's gonna be cleared. you know we've had a couple of really big things um you know, purchases, transitions. Um, there's just, but there's been a Transactions. lot. Transactions. Well, but transitions too. I mean, oh. we haven't told the viewers, you know. But if you guys are a longtime viewer and have listened to us for a long time, um, we've always talked about how our finances were separate and we've lived kind of separately with our finances. And mm-hmm. I don't know if it's. I mean, here we go talking about things brand new on air. But um, <laughs> we have joined our finances finally after being married, you know, for two years and together for almost eight years like forever you know like we finally are like all right let's adult (laughs) let's be yeah let's let's be financially together you know and some of you guys probably did that before you got married other you guys are probably like man they're crazy to join finances but it was just the right time in our marriage
0: but I think we've always been open that if it felt right we would do it yeah we were always open to it it just worked for us then so you there's know, how that's how so. our conversation
1: got started. So we're talking about this stuff yeah. and what what money's going where and who's transferring what and what's clearing and we're trying to
0: figure out how doing finances together was, Yeah, now. <laughs> and
1: it wasn't that big of a deal, <laughs> no. but but it sounded like it could have been when you, it like, when you play back serious. the conversation. I
0: think that kids get the mis- they misunderstand like serious conversation that isn't all jokes and nonsense versus like real life conversations right. that's about like dinner or finances (laughs) or you know household like are we gonna get the backyard cleaned up how's that look like let's get a plan you know that gets turned into like oh you guys argue and i'm just curious uh, like do you guys deal with that in your blended family where the kids and i don't know if it's because the kids just aren't settled in the family like they don't trust the relationship you know because i feel like in a in a normal like a natural family this wouldn't be such an issue but because it's a step family, I don't know if it. sometimes I wonder if the kids are, you know, still feeling it, feeling it out, even after all this time, you know, or they're not trusting that things are OK and they're just kind of checking in. And that's why they're challenging conversation, right. um, because there's I feel like there's always just something going on. Much bigger than the initial reaction of, like, you guys are always fighting. It's like, well, that's not the case. And I,
1: yeah, I had to but, you know, tell that I've had that conversation with my son quite a bit, and like, why do you always think we're fighting? And I have to explain this to him, and I think he's starting to get more comfortable with it. Like, oh, so he's listening to the context of it and how it happens, and like, all right, they just communicate really poorly. <laughs> just kidding no but you know what hard. hey we're communicating though and that's the and that's my point to him like hey at least we're talking about this at least we're communicating about this and at the end of the day we're not angry at one another yeah
0: it'd be yeah. real bad if we were silent all day
1: yes and well or <laughs> just angry or you know we're yeah. mad we're slamming doors we're throwing stuff you know whatever yeah, you know, whatever your anger looks like you know but that's not it you know it's like we're hashing stuff out and you know we we both get passionate about things <laughs> voices raise and you know, we start, I'm know, just a, we 2020 I, debate all the time.
0: I think I'm just a loud person in general. Like I talk loud. My presence is loud. I express it with my hands. Like I'm not a meek and you're I'm like so seven tall. foot four yeah, you're on so top tall. of that. So, you know, I think when I talk, oh. it's just alarming. Right. Anyway, <laughs> okay. that's something that happened in our blended family this week. I want to talk about a good thing okay. between us. I thought
1: that was a great thing. Was it? We're adulting.
0: <laughs> even adult, adulting even scares the kids. They're like, I don't want to grow mm. up. That's, it does suck. Um, but one thing that I wanted to share with everyone that was a really sweet moment for me okay. that you probably don't even know you did or said. I did something. But yeah, and so I, I'm like, it was really sweet, and it was really made me feel so special. Okay. So, um. And I'm just I'm like I'm I know to there's what is happening right now. I know. But there's probably people out there who are like, "Oh, you get to that spot. We were in the kitchen um and I I think it was this last week or if not the week before, pretty recently, and we were discussing something. We were discussing something with co-parenting. Um and Eric looks at me and he's like hey, I've been with you longer than my ex. Oh, yeah. You're my person. Um, And I, some it's so, like, it didn't, he wasn't trying to be romantic or sweet.
1: I was. <laughs> he wasn't. I've been thinking about it for a long time. I had drawn it all up exactly <laughs> how I was going to present. I'm like, you know what? It's going to be in the uh, kitchen. It's going to be over a meal a, that we're cooking. But
0: that's a fun little milestone that we've reached. It's true. You know, and it makes me feel good that we've outlasted your previous marriage, relationship. Yeah, which
1: had previously been my longest relationship.
0: Yeah. And that, you know, you acknowledge that I'm your person and you know, that just made me feel really special. And I you know, I I held on to that and I will probably continue to hold on to that nugget.
1: <laughs> nugget. Well, I Thanks love you. for the and nugget. You're my person.
0: You're my person. All right. Moving Enough on. of this
1: sappy crap. Let's do this.
0: All right. First question is how to handle when your stepchild is acting out in pub- like, and in public. Should I ignore it? Also, how to deal with your stepchild having a tough time accepting your marriage and literally trying to come between you and your spouse? Um, so we had a listener write in and she says that she has an eight-year-old stepdaughter and she's the stepdaughter has been having a really hard time accepting their marriage she wants a hug whenever and i we both have been here so she wants a hug whenever my husband and i hug each other she will at times try to come in between our hugs she will purposefully sit between us while watching a movie or during church she gets excited when i have to leave the house to do errands it's like she's excited she can have her own time with her dad the other issue is that she cries she cries for inappropriate reasons at a normal, that a normal 8-year-old shouldn't cry about. It's tough because until now she's been raised as an only child. I believe her mom coddles this behavior. I can't even stand the crying because it's ha- not how I raised my kids. Her dad makes her go to her room when she acts like that, but sometimes we are in public and it's so embarrassing. Should I just continue to ignore the behavior?
1: No, definitely don't There's ignore it. There's a lot. Of, do you well, want to do you know, the behavior I, I'm like, I'm in public sta- first? Like, where well, do you want to start with this? Well, I'm starting, I'm like, well, did Julie write this? Is she, like, looking for content and she's writing this and it's kind of like past tense? Because I feel like for a long no, time. No, but
0: I think that what's awesome is that it's normal. Like, a lot of people, like, when you feel like you're the only ones dealing with things.
1: I left the door open. We have little things floating around.
0: But when you feel like you're the only one dealing with issues, I can assure you, you're not the only one dealing with issues. Well, like I
1: just said, I'm like, wait, did Julie write this because we need content? Like, no, we have dealt with this for so long to the point to where my son has been banned from going on family trips for the last few trips because I'm like one
0: trip. We haven't been on trips.
1: I feel like one trip. Okay, well, it got to the (laughs) point to where he was banned from going on one trip. Yeah. Um, it had but it wasn't just because of one trip that he got banned. It was because of like
0: every trip before
1: that, <laughs> lots of trips before that. Yeah. And it was a lot of this behavior that you're talking about right now. And I'm sure that you wrote a lot right here, but I'm sure that there's a lot you did not write about. And I'm sure that there's a lot of you that can relate to this. You're like, yep, that's my kid. Or yep, that's my stepkid. Mm-hmm. And it is. The worst thing in the world because when you are when you are biological parent to that behavior it usually or at least in my situation is very cringeworthy it makes me so angry i can't see straight it puts me in a bad mood i start fighting with him and then it puts everyone in a bad mood and i'm talking about like from vacations and stuff you know the daily stuff where coming between you, sitting between you. That
0: has gone, that has, that has dissipated with time.
1: So, and a big part of that is Mm -hmm. age. We've learned this in therapy, that a lot of it is age and attention and what parent, you know, the child's drawn to and them needing attention. So, at the end of the day, this is eventually going to go away. What'd she say? She was eight? Mm Mm-hmm. So right now, like eight. That was I,
0: like the height of it.
1: I, that, I would say eight to 10 was the height of it. Yeah. Like you're in it right now. As mm-hmm. my son got older, um, probably when he hit that like 12, 12 mark, it really started to lessen. The 13 mark is when I saw it really fall off. I feel like now we could go on a vacation and he's gotten to that maturity level where he can still be a pain in my butt. However... He's gotten to the maturity level where he also doesn't need as much attention from me from biological right he he does stuff by himself now he's not as needy he now not to say it has disappeared it's just not what it was at eight nine ten years old it has started to fall down the other side of that hill mm-hmm. um and and probably will do so I would guess for another few years I mean hopefully it doesn't ever completely fall away to where your kid's just like, yeah I don't love you anymore. I don't even need you in my life, you know, but I've noticed as he's grown up and he's gotten older, he has been less needy, you know, the, the, weird attention stuff, you know, coming between us, you know, sitting between us, needing hugs. Now, my, my, um, advice to that is if your daughter or his daughter's coming between you guys while you guys are hugging, take that as an opportunity to bring her in. You know what I mean? Take that opportunity as she needs attention right now, bring her in and give her a group hug, you know, have some fun with it and show her that, you know, she is loved. She does have attention. You still love her dad, but she's loved too. She's part of this family, right? I don't know. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I think that um, this is a part of step parenting where you have to step back and step aside and really let go of expectations um, because you're not going to control the situation and you can only make it worse by making it worse. You know, like I, like Eric was saying, I knew because it was very apparent, right? He would, he would, you know, his son would get in trouble or get talked to or reprimanded or, you know, Eric's just mad and it, and then they would fight and it would just ruin everything so for me to, I mean, obviously I'm frustrated too. And I probably have said like, this is the sucks, you know, like I acknowledge that or whatever, but to sit there and harp on it or to throw oil on the fire or whatever, just to make it worse. And so this is the part of step parenting that's like super difficult because, you know, I think that a lot of the time I just kept in mind, like my time will come. Like I have to step back and step aside and thank goodness I had my own biological children to love on, you know, because it is like when you are married and you want that attention from your spouse and you want that affection from your spouse, but you know, he's busy or she's busy with other things, you know, you, you need to get that need filled, right? You know? And so it helps to have the distraction and the, the attention of your own kids So that is what I poured into, um, instead of getting angry about it all the time, you know, and it's, it's draining and it's really, really a hard spot to be in. But I think that you have to let the biological parent in the situation take the lead and just be their support. You know, I always felt so bad for Eric and I didn't want to make things worse, you know, so I just felt bad for the situation So I just think you have to also be patient and wait it out. Um, And that's a really hard thing to do because you want a quick fix. And with your own kids, you can discipline that right away. Well, they're not, your, you know, this isn't your kid. You can't discipline it right away. And this kid, kids of divorce and kids of split families are a different kind of kid. You know, so they need a little bit more space and grace and time. And um, they have their own set of hell that they're going through and uncertainty and all the things that make them feel sad and insecure you know kids feel very insecure when there's a new mom or a stepmom and a new wife that's very normal you know so I I, you know I think it's it's biological parents job to kind of toe the line and you know also the you know he or she needs to well he in this case needs to set boundaries so that you can be loved as the wife, you know. One thing I, I, um, and I was gonna actually Instagram post this, but early on, and even now, not so much in, anymore. But I, I refuse to compete for attention. Like I'm not gonna compete with a child. One, I'll lose. Two, like wh- what is like? We're not in a competition. That's not right. what blended families should be. But I think step parents. Mm-hmm. And even kids, like the step parent, step kid starts like this competition for the attention and affection and affirmation of the bio parent.
1: Here's the thing, though, something that I think could change that I that I always talk to you a little about, but it never really went that way. Just I, it was a lot of like personality issues and stuff, um, but not competing
0: yeah. Mm-mm.
1: You know, and I know you won't, but also Mm-mm. not completely stepping away because as soon as you step away completely and you're like, you know what? I'm just going to leave you guys be. He needs attention. What that does is that fuels him to get his way.
0: Yeah. You know? you've or always in this said case, this.
1: it will fuel her to get her way if mm-hmm. you just let the situation go. And then what that does is that puts your husband in a situation where he's now dealing with this kid who's doing kind of bratty things and getting their way. And if he's a parent at all, like I am, he's like, he's not stoked with the way that this is going because Mm. he's there to be with the whole family. He's there to be with you, his wife. And now he's with just his kid who's act out and misbehave in order to get his attention. And the kids gotten their way. Now, whether you're happy with your kid at that point, or like I am disappointed and angry at that point, now you're stuck alone without your spouse, without the rest of the family with your kid who's just got their way by misbehaving. And what that does is that sets a tone. It sets an example that turns into a pattern.
0: So what should step parent, what should so she do? So I
1: think what she should do, in my mm-hmm. opinion, if if we could have it a different way, I would say don't step completely away from the situation. Understand, recognize that this is happening and don't fuel the fire by Competing by arguing, yeah, absolutely not. But stand by, mm. be be around. You know, understand that this kid is needing more attention, mm-hmm. is wanting more attention than dad. But if you stay around, you're still part of the situation. Let her know that you're not going anywhere. You know, without a like a you know competing attitude, but just be like, yeah, you know, we're gonna hang out. You know, kind of maybe talk through, incorporate. The kid into the situation but if you're not competing and you're staying around with the kid and they're not getting their way eventually this habits gonna get broken they're gonna it's like a kid throwing a tantrum because they want a toy you know as a little baby and every time they throw a tantrum you give them a toy well Mm -hmm. for the rest of their lives they're gonna throw tantrums when they want something right when they want their way right? right
0: well what what is allowed is what will continue right you know and I
1: think so I think in our situation That was allowed because you'd be like, you know what? You guys just need time by yourselves or, you know what? Me and my kids are just going to go do this. And what it did is showed him that he could manipulate the situation Mm -hmm. to misbehave, Mm -hmm. act the way he acts, Mm -hmm. and that clears everyone else out. Now it's just him and dad. Now him and dad are just on vacation together. You know what I mean? And you do that enough times. And that started when he was younger. That started when he was like six or seven years old. You know what I mean? So by the time he was, you know, 8, 9, 10 years old, it was like, man, I got this. All I got to do is misbehave. Dad's going to be angry for a little bit, but I'm going to have them all to myself. Yep. I get rid of the rest of them. Yep. Right? So if you can break the cycle now and you can, you can see the situation happening, you can recognize this and be like, all right, I'm not going to give her her way. I'm going to play into it a tiny bit to kind of soften things up. But I am not going to give in. I'm not, I'm not going to let her get rid of me that easily. Yeah. Show her that you're there. Show her that mm-hmm. you care, that you love her, that you love her dad, that you love their family. And before you know it, it's just going to be part of it. She's going to soften up. And you guys will bond over that time too.
0: Yeah. And, you know, kids are kids. do everything in their own time. You know, I remember when our kids, when our kids. But when, like, my daughter was a baby, you know, I would be worried about, you know, her giving up her pacifier. Or her giving up her bottle, you know, Um, but it's, it's everything in their own time. Like when she was ready to give it up, she gave it up. But if I had tried to take it away from her before she was ready, it would have been a fight. It becomes a competition. It would have been a constant fight of like over the effing pacifier, right? Um, But I never had those, I know, I never had those issues because I understood that from like, you know, just college and things, you know, kids, kids will Grow up, they'll potty train. They're not going to go to college in diapers, right? Or will they? (laughs) Let's hope not. So I think the same thing with this. You know, if you're a newly married, I don't, it doesn't say when how you know how long you guys have been married or whatever. But I think it's just you know, in her own time, she will accept that you're not going anywhere, and it could take years. You know, I have to imagine you knew the who this child was before you walked down the aisle, Um, and so to think that. Things are gonna magically change is a little bit, you know, fantastical. Did I just make up a word? Yep. All right.
1: I'm hurting us. Look at you guys. Um. Look on the corner of your Instagram screen.
0: But I think that you know. So I think that you know, if you just stay consistent, and Eric said that's good advice. You. I, but I think that you and your husband have to have a plan. So I think that you and your husband need to, you know, go into a private. Closed door situation, maybe after she's in bed, you know, maybe get a sitter or goes, she goes to grandma, grandpa's, or wherever, and you guys have a talk about how you're going to tackle this issue. I mean, I'm sure he understands this is an issue too, you know, and that's a time where you can tell him, you know, it really hurts my feelings that I can't get a hug from my own husband. Like, it doesn't feel good. I don't like it, you know, it, and that's okay. You should not like when you can't get a hug from your husband. Like, that's you know, not normal. So be able to express how you feel and then let it lie and then come up with a plan. Like, how can we fix this? Like, let's get on the same page. So yes, you know, I'm not going to leave the room when she acts like this. I'm going to stick it out and stay. Um, But I also need you husband to give her the hug she needs. And then maybe we have a family hug like Eric suggested or Maybe you give her a hug and then come give me a hug, you know, so she sees that. I want
1: mine too.
0: But that she sees that you also aren't going to allow her to stop affection between you two. You know, you also have to step up as the bio parent and lead. You know, and that's not your job as a step-parent. It's a really hard place because... Your
1: biological kid is looking up to you. They're not looking up to the step-parent in a situation like this. Right. They're looking up to their biological parent. That's right. They're looking at you to lead and tell them what's right or wrong. Whether they want to listen right then and there. Right. That's what's going to drive the narration from here on out, you know. so If you're allowing this stuff to go through and happen, it's going to continue to go through and happen. If you tell them this is not the way... They might try it a few more times because they're testing boundaries because that's what children do. However, they're going to know this is right, this is wrong, you know, and it's not going to be such a tough blow when it goes the way that you want it to next time.
0: Yeah, but if your husband's not on board and he isn't willing to lead, you're screwed. This is going to be your life. So I'm sorry. But that's, it's it, you know, like you can be the bad, wicked witch of the stepmother. If you make this an issue and you push it and you're the one leading the charge and you're the one bitching and complaining and upset all the time and frustrated, then you paint yourself into that corner of the wicked witch of the West stepmom, you know. So it's really important that when you marry, you have a supportive spouse that you can get on the same team with and that you can like biological parents in the home kind of have to lead the charges. It's just kind of how it is. So it's
1: what it's all about. It's all about having that teamwork, you know, you and your you and your spouse and communicating. That's right. It's really it's about having each other's backs, communicating and you can over you can overcome and conquer any stepchildren at that point.
0: Yeah. But you have to remain a team. If the kids see a team, a united front, they will back off. And if you have they to see them. Yeah, but if they see that they can get a foothold, then they will do that.
1: And then you'll have to fight the main boss.
0: Yeah. Okay, so th- this is um the second part of this question is her stepdaughter acts out in public. So if your husband is there, again, he needs to lead the charge with that and let her know that's not acceptable when my own kids, actually it's funny. I I um I started a woman's Bible study group this morning, well, a couple weeks ago, but we met this morning, and one of the moms shared <laughs> that when her daughter throws a tantrum, she's happily to walk away. Like, yeah. she leaves the kid there throwing a tantrum. In the middle like, of the store. In the middle of the Like, see, yeah. Thank you. I mean, she's Don't. out of, like, I mean, she makes sure that she can see her kid, and it's right. not like, an, you know, she doesn't actually leave, but she, like, you know... Okay, bye. You finish this when you're done. And I did that with my own children, you know, like when my daughter would throw a fit and be mad and disrespectful. Yesterday. (laughs) But I tell, I tell my kids this. So in a store in public, um, if the dad's there, you know, he should lead the charge and however you guys choose to handle it, it is not acceptable. I wouldn't make a big deal. I would just leave her.
1: Get creative with it. If the, if the store has a PA system, like call her out on the PA system, maybe go to one of the cashiers and tell them your child's name and ask them if they politely ask your child to stop throwing a tantrum in aisle three. Yeah. You know, and 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 embarrass them a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) And it's not,
0: it's not, you know, and if you're the only parent there, like biological parent isn't there and you're the stepmom, and you're there in that situation, that's really hard. Um, but I think that you just would address it like you would your own children.
1: Security, you know? we're gonna need clean up on aisle three. Yeah, little Benjamin's throwing a temper tantrum.
0: But it, and don't you know, be like this is disrespectful to everyone around you. Um, and it, you know, I I you know, so I don't think you should ignore it. Maybe right? use that
1: as an example. Be like, did that embarrass you when they said that over there? Well, that's how that makes me feel yeah. when you throw a temper tantrum. Yeah. I can't say that word today. Temper Ten- tantrum. Temper
0: tantrum. Yeah. Um and if any of our listeners have good advice for the tent- the the crying in public. I mean, the crying in public, you know, maybe be like do. you look like you're really sad. Sorry, or you know like acknowledge the behavior and then move on. Um I think it's just one acknowledgment. So I think it's appropriate to acknowledge the behavior, ask is any like, you know, check in then yeah i mean move on with life continue doing what you're doing don't let the said behavior ruin the day
1: or if you're at a store for them or you know you're at a grocery store and maybe they got some fun snack because i feel like that's what parents do these days is they get stuff for them maybe take that snack put it back up on the shelf walk away
0: Yeah. You know, or, you know.
1: We're picking up out of the basket. Just throw it as far as you can. Or have
0: consequences. Like, listen, if you're going to behave like this every time we go out, I guess you're going to have to not come out with us. Usually kids don't want to miss out on things, and that really sucks.
1: (laughs) Until they're 13.
0: But, you know, I mean, this is a good habit to break now. If they're at home, what I was going to say earlier that I have done with both my kids, but now most recently my daughter.
1: I'm saying hi to Logan. He's watching us. Hi, Um, Logan.
0: Hey dude. Um, when my kids misbehave or are acting out emotionally like inappropriately like this, you're overreacting, like, you know, you can't have a piece of candy, we're not gonna throw a tantrum about it. So I always tell my kids that their room is their safe place. So go to your room, you can be as angry as you want in your room. You can yell into your pillow. You can't, as long as harm, I can't hear it. Yeah, you can't harm things in your room because then that gets you really in trouble. But if you need to go cry, you need to yell into a pillow you need to have a bad attitude you need to be mad go go and when, when you're ready and you've worked it out come back downstairs and join us like we would love to have you you know we would love for you to come be with us but i feel like we
1: should make the safe space the toilet <laughs> that way they can go throw a shit fit
0: oh my gosh um so that's something we Someone's do getting it. yeah i do in the house but i think that we've We're going to move on to question number two. All right. How to deal when you feel your fiance is being two faced when it comes to his ex, it makes you feel like he side, he makes you feel like he sides with your concerns and boundaries, but then is super caring and accommodating when interacting with her. And I'm not going to read the entire thing, but I'm going to read a little bit what this person wrote in about. Um, How do you deal with the ex in my case? His ex is is toxic. I've had to block her from my phone, and when she comes to pick up her two kids from my house, she is no longer allowed to come up to the door. I told my fiancé we haven't set sturdy boundaries with her, which has resulted in how she's treated us. I got upset last night because my fiancé wants to make me feel like he's on my side, but when he's friendly with his ex, I think that makes her believe things are okay and what she's done is okay. But that may be me being crazy. I don't know. So I'm at a loss because my fiance and I are supposed to be getting married at the end of the month. And I'm feeling uneasy about this. And she says, like, basically when she says toxic, like, this bio mom would just come over unannounced, knock on the door, want the kids to come out, you know. um,
1: We've been there. You know, I feel like this is, that's the type of personality that ex is. She's the very what is that type a she's very controlling she's manipulative she's in your face she wants you to know that she's the mom and she's not going anywhere well, and those step- are her kids Yeah, and
0: her stepdaughter doesn't want to go with her yeah so by a mom ta- comes over and demands that she comes yeah. out of the house and doesn't we've you know, dealt with this a long a long boundaries. time ago this type of stuff yeah so
1: in defense of your fiance he is on your side if he says he's on your side believe him what he's doing and i'm I'm going off of what I've done in this situation is he's trying to play into the situation the best he knows. Because if you get on someone's side like that who's coming over and trying to control the situation and she's in your face, if he goes one-on-one with her, it's going to turn into a ginormous fight and it's going to escalate so far. So he is doing what he knows how to do and that's defuse the situation. When he's nice to her, when he you know, is kind to her, that's the way to keep the playing field even because otherwise, if he's not, she's gonna escalate so much higher and it's gonna turn into such a thing that no one's gonna wanna deal with. So he loves you. If he tells you he loves you, he does. He's not siding with her. He's trying to mitigate the problem and keep it as fine as it can be. And it might be all hard right now and you know i mean you guys aren't married yet so you guys i'm i'm guessing you guys probably aren't that far in your relationship let's call it let's call it 2 to 5 years i'm guessing you know in their relationship but give it a few more years allow him to mitigate those situations and before you know it she's going to get exhausted of it or she's just going to get bored with the situation or she's just going to let go and not care anymore and then before you know it they're going to be able to co-parent well because I mean, don't you feel like I I was in the situation a long time? Like it was a it was one of those like yelling, fighting with each other. It was always one upping each other. And if I argued and I bought into the situation, and mm-hmm. it was a, it was a it it became a situation. So if I am just nice, I'm even keel. I don't have any emotion in it. You know, um, before you know it, I mean, it took a few years, right? Yeah. But those are very, very, very far and few between where we're like having problems doesn't mean that we're all buddy-buddy and we love each other and we go hang out now. No, we talk when we need to about the kids, but at the end of the day, we're not thinking about each other. She's not worried about what I'm doing. I'm not worried about what she's doing. You know, I'm not like, hey, I need to check in and call her and see how she's doing. It's not like that anymore. We've both gone our own separate ways. We have kids that are mutual. We talk about them, but there's just, there's no arguing there anymore.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I think that's a good perspective because, and I gave this, I said this to somebody else not too long ago too, they were having a hard time with their ex being, or their, their spouse being so friendly with their ex, it created insecurity, you know, and um, I could, you know, I could kind of see that, I could kind of relate to it in the beginning because, if you guys know about like Eric's story, right? Like Eric didn't want his family torn apart. Eric didn't leave his marriage. Eric fought for years to keep his family together and fought way past the point where anybody would have thought it was healthy and fought past the point where anybody would have thought he should. Like people were like this is crazy, you gotta stop.
1: It got to a point where it was unhealthy and it was like but I he, had to I had to choose a a fork in the in the road I had to choose what path I'm going down.
0: Yeah, but I think that, you know, she would always come back and want to be together and he would always really entertain that idea and give it a try because he was he's a stand-up man, right? He wanted his family together. He didn't want to lose his kids. He didn't want to lose his wife. He didn't, you know, the family and marriage is really important to Eric. So Um, and I got to witness firsthand when we were just friends, you know, that struggle, and it was really hard to watch the heartbreak, and so for me, when it wouldn't have surprised me, like, in the first five years of our relationship, you know, I had thoughts of, like, gosh, what happens, because she kept coming back in the beginning, I was like, what happens if she, like, realizes that He's such a catch and really wants him back. Like I would have to let him go. Like that's his family, and this is like a really you big concern.
1: Too. Yeah, because it's like, crazy to hear.
0: But it's because I saw how, hard, like how much you wanted something and you just couldn't grasp it, as hard as you were trying to hold on to it. It was just so out of your control. Well, so, in, d- in divorce, but I get,
1: you don't always have a say. I mean, it's like a lot of things. I mean, it's a lot like a death, as a lot of you know. I mean. Yeah. You don't get you don't get a choice in it. It's and it's almost harder to grieve than death because at least death has an ending. It's it's something, you know, whereas divorce, especially in a situation like that.
0: Any never over. <laughs> it took forever. He's gonna <laughs> talk to his ex till as they die. We discovered that last week, guys.
1: I, I might have to um, I mean you, you have funny. mutual children, you but, know, if something happens.
0: So my point is though, I can kind of relate to like feeling, you know, like I think that we are all human and we all have, we're all human and we
1: Some get,
0: you know, it's, it's normal and natural to be protective and have your antenna up when it comes to your spouse, you know, and though the fact of the matter is Ant-
1: antenna up for you anytime, baby. <laughs>
0: but the fact of the matter is, you know, an ex that he, sh- that your spouse shares children with, or your fiance shares children with, like they have a very intimate, they had a very intimate relationship they went through something very intimate and they probably share something like Eric and his spout his ex share something that Eric and I never are going to share you know having a kid together and and bringing life into the world and that is an experience I'm never going to have with Eric but All he the jokes has I could have made right there the <laughs> with jokes. someone else you know so I get that you're a little uneasy about the intimacy and like you know him being friendly and I think in this case you're just more annoyed like it's giving her permission to act a certain way. But I think there's a lot that goes on in our heads when our spouses are friendly to their ex. You're just kind of like, yeah, you wish they would just (laughs) like call them out on their shit and, you know, not allow, like not condone this behavior by being nice. Like, I feel like if we, if our spouses are nice, we're thinking that they're condoning this bad behavior or that they're being walked on. And that does not a good look on anyone. Um, But the alternative to being nice, like Eric pointed out, and like I have pointed out to other people recently, is that the grass isn't greener when it is a toxic co-parenting relationship and it is fighting all the drama, and I can attest to this, I can speak to this because this this has been my co-parenting situation, all the drama that comes with either co-parenting with a toxic person or having a a toxic co-parenting relationship where you do get mad and you do call each other out on your shit and you will not be walked on. And yeah, all that creates so much negativity and drama that it's more stressful and there's more heartache and the grass just isn't greener. And it's
1: so detrimental to the children. Yeah, it doesn't get you anywhere. It's never... Mom's never happy, yeah. dad's never happy, no matter what household they're in. Yeah. They're always mad at the other parent and that plays such a big effect and such a big part on yeah. the kids.
0: Yeah. So if- rather him be nice and try to keep the peace because the drama of the other side is a shit show and you know like people are vindictive. So if you're dealing with a a boundaryless bio mom right now, I mean, I wouldn't give her more ammunition to make your life miserable because she's going to be in it forever, right? Like, she's forever these kids' but mom.
1: remember, at the end of the day, your relationship will end up being longer than their relationship, and they'll be your
0: person. I mean, we'll see.
1: What? I'm just kidding. There's no going back at this point. You are, have you have crossed that finish line. That's true. You are now my person. For
0: now, I'm the longest relationship you've For had. For
1: now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um for now you are only my second marriage won't play that game
0: no (laughs) um so anyway Uh, do you have any further advice for this individual
1: no i think we hit the nail on the head if you i mean if you want more insight on it shoot us another email we can talk deeper on that
0: all right um number three how do you support your spouse when you don't agree with how they parent So, (laughs)
1: yes,
0: (laughs) it's a hard one. Um, So someone wrote in and said, I'm really struggling lately because I feel my partner is way too hard and harsh towards the kids at times. And I feel like it kind of kills their spirit. So I don't know how to support him when I totally don't agree.
1: Gosh, that I mean, is that his personality? Is that who he is or is he doing that? Because and I feel like I get. I get harsh with my son sometimes, and I'm like, it's because you want to see outcomes. You, you know, I want to show, I want to prove to you that I'm disciplining. I want to prove to you that, um, you know, there is order in the household. You know, and, and normally I wouldn't be so harsh on. I feel like I parent a lot differently now than I would have say had I never gotten divorced. I feel like I parent a lot differently than I ever would have, and I don't. I mean. I don't know, that could just be with age, it could be with situation, um, but it's all right to have that conversation, it's about having that communication, if you think he is too harsh, you know, think of a couple examples um, and talk to him about it, be like, look,
0: mm.
1: you know, I see what you're going for here, but look what it's doing to little Johnny or little Susie, they're they're real people, right, Johnny and Susie, mm-hmm. they're the ones I use, Look what it's doing to little Johnny, little Susie, you know, when you behave like this, you know, or you punish them like this. What if we tried this, you know, come up with a few situations. And maybe he's not opening his eyes to it. Maybe he's not seeing it. Maybe he doesn't care. You know, maybe he'll be like, well, that's the way I parent and oh well for you. But at least if you're concerned, have that conversation. Internet.
0: Yeah, I mean, have that conversation and... You know I uh, the bigger question though is, and I think that this is something that a lot of blended families can relate to is you know when you come into a marriage with your own set of kids and you've done you've been in charge on your own, it's really hard to let go of that now Eric and I have through like osmosis you know I picked up how to Maybe not be so harsh, and he's picked up maybe not to be so lenient, or you know. But I think that we both have learned from each other how each other parents, and that's made us better parents. Um, and that just takes time, and it takes being willing to. It's a hard thing when you're told you're not parenting your kids good, you know. Because but I don't feel come like at it like that. We don't, don't tell all, them like,
1: "Hey, you're not parenting your child good." Be like, hey, I see that it's doing this when you do this. You know, what if we tried this? You know, don't come at him like you're doing it wrong because at the end of the day, he's not doing it wrong. He's doing it the way that he knows. Well, and I think we all try to to do the
0: best that we can do with the tools that we have, you know, um, and let him know that you're here to support him and be his partner, you know. So if you see the kids are losing their spirit, you know, maybe you say, hey, I noticed the kids have, like, lost their spirit. Like, I feel like they're down.
1: Yeah, make it a suggestion. You
0: know, like, what? how can I help support you so we can help b- raise up the family dynamic and we can be, you know, happier together and the kids can be happier, like... um, Or, you know, my parents used to do this with me and that really worked. Or, you know, have suggestions ready.
1: My uncle used to do this with me. Oh, my gosh. Uncle tickles.
0: Okay. So, um... But, you know, sometimes, sometimes people are who they are and you just, like I, sometimes you just have to accept things as they are. Like sometimes things aren't going to change as much as you, you know, you try everything first, the communication, the suggestion, you, you, you stand by, you know, you comfort the kids, you try to rally everyone. Like, you know, you, you give your all. But at the end of the day, oftentimes even things just aren't going to change. And I think that you have to be prepared to just figure out to put your worry and your distress elsewhere, use your energy for something else, read a book you really like. Um
1: what's that song that uh Blue the Bear would sing?
0: I don't know. <laughs> this is really weird right the Bear now. Bear necessities. Oh. You know, um, and I think that's okay. Like, I think that part of blended family life, while we all wish we would just meld together and it'd be like everyone had the same parenting styles and we all agreed on parenting, oftentimes that's not the case. Oftentimes it's not going to change. Or if it does, you know, it certainly isn't through attack. It certainly isn't through conflict. And it certainly isn't through, you know, pointing fingers and criticizing each other. Um, That's just kind of puts a wedge between people and makes people feel bad about themselves and situation and angry at you, you know, but like I was saying through Eric and I, it's been over years, you know, we kind of take the best from each other, you know, like we acknowledge like I see the good things that he does in his parenting and I feel like he sees the good things that I do in my parenting and we've kind of tried to, I don't even think we've had discussion about it, but I've seen myself change, I've seen yourself change, like we've tried to take the best parts of each other and apply it in our own parenting. And that's just because we've lived together now for a long time and we've observed it for over a bunch of years. But I think that takes time. I think change takes time. Yeah? I agree. All right. Oh, my gosh. Moving on. How to tie on a knot to hold on to. How to tie a knot to hold on to when you feel like you're at the end of your rope with your spouse. How to push through when you feel dismissed this is gonna be kind of a long one so hang tight everyone listener writes in and says hi i need some fellow blended family advice i have been married six years we have three his two mine and two together holy shit <laughs> three four five six i can't even count that Are you high counting those
1: on your fingers <laughs> she's counting on, on her toes under the table 30, you guys
0: that's seven kids oh. that's amazing you're a warrior." I am a stay-at-home mom. My husband is a marketing art entrepreneur. One of the I like reasons it. I married him was because of his entrepreneurial spirit. A couple of years after uh, marriage, his successful business took a turn for the worst and failed. Since then, he's been struggling to make ends meet, working crazy long hours, and I've been raising the kids often alone. We are primary care- caregivers, so we only get a break every other weekend over two nights. His ex does not pay child support, mine does. I've been asking my husband to get a job for A, more financial consistency, and B, less work hours. He's asked me to give it three more months in which he works around the clock, six to seven days a week. His business concept will either succeed or fail. I have a breastfeeding 11-month-old, eleven month, year, 11 month old, a four-year-old, a five-year-old school-age child are homeschooling, and I feel like I'm going crazy. I want him to get a job he refuses. He's gone as far as to send his kids to live with their mother for the... He's gone as far to offer to send his kids to live with their mother for the next three months, so I'll leave him alone and let him work. Their mom is not the kind of mother you would send, to your, send your kids to live with. Um, he also seems to... Seems understanding if I want separation... As a result, I've threatened separation many times in the past because of how he has left me to be primary caregiver to his children so that he can work. I'm exhausted and burnt out. I have no life, and my identity has become wrapped up in the kids and the home. The marriage has barely made it this far. I'm not sure what to do. Do I let him send his kids to their mom to protect my sanity? So I continue to enable his workaholic tendencies. Do I finally separate? If this business concept fails, he says he has employment lined up in January. But I know how this ends. He will find crazy ways to or find ways and reasons to justify not quitting the business. And the crazy cycle will continue.
1: Well, first of all, we feel for you. Like, that's, that's a tough situation to that's be in It feel like... I, yeah, you feel like you're at the bottom, you're at the end, like this is the end of it. The good thing is you have some type of power, you have internet, you have a device, you have some way that you're listening to us and watching us, so things aren't as bad as they could be, right? Things aren't... Like, somehow the lights are on, you have seven kids... That's crazy. Um, that are getting fed. It might not be filet mignon and lobster, but you guys are eating. You know, he's he's working. He's working towards something. Um, at the end of the day, you two are a team. You're pulling a big part of it, whether you like it or not. And he's trying to make something work that is so much weight. I bet on his shoulders trying to get something going that he believes in. And the added stress of it sounds like you not being his champion about that is also probably weighing on him, and he's probably not telling you about that. The added stress on you about him not excelling in what he's doing is probably really weighing on you. So that's just you guys are both at these ends where you have so much weight on your shoulder. That it is just weighing you guys down. Try to sift through all that crap and be like, look, we have our health. We have our food. We have our lights on. It might not be Beverly Hills, Mercedes Benz, and like I said, and and lobster. You may not be able
0: to have nannies and housekeepers and a trainer and a chef.
1: But at the end of the day, yeah. you're home with your kids. That's right. He's... He's working his tail off, it sounds like. He's not out golfing with the buddies and...
0: Bars drinking.
1: Or even home just playing video games while the lights are getting turned off. Hey, don't make... I haven't played that game in so long.
0: You played it today!
1: I didn't. I played Save the World for like one round. (laughs) One round while I was bad. Sorry, I'm on a serious note here, though. Okay, go ahead. I played with Brooke and Riley's kids. going to sit back. You go. Kids the other day. We got a dub number one game. Anyways, um try to find the light at the end of the tunnel it might not be it might not be for a long ways away but have hope that he is trying try to find a way and i know it's going to be hard in the time and in the place that you are in try to find a way to champion him try to encourage him um you know and maybe just a way to find thanks to him for at least trying at least providing somehow it might not be again the way that you want it to be or that you envision your life going but with seven kids I mean you would have to have that's a lot of freaking child care you would have to have a pretty crazy job in order to provide childcare. now this whole COVID crap doesn't help a thing having all these kids homeschooling so you really don't get a break um, unless you're in one of the special states that the kids are starting to go back so that's weighing on you even more than it would be. But he's trying. He's really trying. You're trying. I wouldn't discredit either of you guys, but talk with him. Try to find the love in your relationship. Now, you mentioned, you know, is this where I walk away? Is this where we separate? You know, I wouldn't be talking about that unless you're willing to walk through that door, right? Don't open that door unless you're truly ready to. You're like, you know what? You want to get separated like, and if he says yes, because that might be his end right there. When you say that, he might be like, you know, next time she says that I'm, I'm done. Don't open that door unless you're willing to walk through it. Because if you don't truly want to be separated from this man, you truly want to be with him. Now, now mind you, if you do get separated from him, you still have two kids with him. You still have your kids. He still has his kids. Those are the only ones that you're going to technically get rid of, right? She's still stuck with these other two kids. How many did she have? Two biologicals? Mm-hmm.
0: So she would have four kids.
1: She would have four kids. So you're going to have four kids, and you're going to have – would you mind shutting All right, I'll grab it. You start talking to her. Sorry, you guys. It's hot tonight, and we left Just the door Just let it open. go. That's
0: fine. Okay,
1: we're running it. Sorry, our sprinklers are on. We're watering the grass in California.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Don't tell anyone. We're in our fancy downstairs room. (sighs)
1: Anyways, (laughs) the grass might sound greener on the other side. It might be a way to get attention, a way to... I think it's
0: it's a way to scream for help. Mm -hmm. I feel like people get so desperate and so lost that the only way to express how upset you are is by throwing out the D word, the divorce word, or the S word, like let's separate. And I just think it's a cry for help. I think it's it's like the biggest attention grabber that you could possibly ever throw out there in a marriage. However, you know it's a cruel thing to do, um, and it just it it, it draws a
1: wedge. It's
0: so demeaning to your marriage to throw that out there and not be prepared to walk through that door. Um, And then also people don't take you seriously. It's like the boy who cried wolf, like, okay, well, here she goes. She's like, I mean, the first couple of times it's shocking and it may get you a reaction that is worthy of your pain, but eventually it becomes like, oh, my crazy wife is just going to throw this out again. Like, it just doesn't become, it doesn't become effective and it's cruel and it's.
1: Well, and say it ever does get to that point. Yeah. It's going to be like the boy who cried wolf. It's like, no, we're not really getting divorced. And then it's going to turn into that back and forth. And it's not, it's just. He's not going to take you
0: seriously. But I get where it comes from. It comes from a desperation. And so I want to talk to her now because I think that. I think Eric's right. You have to champion your spouse. You have to champion each other and you have to take risk in life. Um, You know, I lost my job and I have a crazy business idea that. I don't know what's going to happen with it.
1: Well, and right now you're taking a lot. I mean, we're taking a lot of risk with my business, too. I'm self-employed. Yeah,
0: so it's just, you know, it's. It's crazy times right now. Everyone is, is trying to rearrange their priorities in their life, and the rug's been pulled out from under us all. So know that you're not in that alone. But if you're feeling like you are drowning in the deep end with a ton of rocks on your shoulders, you know, you need to figure out how to help yourself. So you need a break. I hear that. I would need a break, too. He would need a break, too, if he was in your shoes. So what can you do to call in reinforcement? What can you do, like, are there grandparents around that can come in and give you a break that you can send the kids to for an afternoon a week so you can have a few hours to yourself? You know, um maybe you do send them to mom's house for a week, maybe not 3 months. You know, but maybe you do, you know, maybe maybe you rearrange things or maybe you get a job.
1: Well, here's another and thing. And
0: he takes care of the kids, you know, a little bit or maybe you, you know, there's tutors who can help homeschool. There's a lot of tutoring going on right now in our community. Um you can pay a high school kid to come over you know, in the afternoons and and babysit at minimum wage or less than minimum wage. I don't know. Well, this
1: also doesn't sound like it's a situation that's going anywhere soon. It sounds like you're kind of stuck in this situation. At least until January. Whether he has a job or not, or even if he's employed or unemployed or... Because look, if he goes and gets this job that you want, what's that going to change? You're still home with these kids, Right. It sounds like you're struggling with that.
0: Yeah, I think that she's just like, he's working an excessive amount of hours and a job wouldn't work you as many hours as he's working. Right. And that's really, it's hard to feel like you're in the trenches alone.
1: Right. So with that situation not dissipating anytime soon, start trying to find something and maybe you already have, but try to start finding something that you can do with all of these kids that brings you joy. You know, is it setting up, you know, big rolls of butcher paper and we have a big coloring fest, you know, is it, um, you know, we love going to the park or, you know, we live on the coast and we all love going to the beach together. I mean, I understand it is a little hard with an 11 month year old, but 11 month year old. (laughs) Yeah. But, but soon your 11 month year old is going to become a big year old and you're going to be able to go out and have fun. Your old, the big year old. Yeah. And. This this is just this is just a season in your life right now, and it's such a down season. But trust me, this season is still so much better than a season of divorce. Season of divorce brings nothing good. I mean, maybe eventually it will, but I'm sure most of us that are listening to this that have been through divorce
0: don't want to do it again. That
1: it's not a fun (laughs) thing to deal with. Yeah, especially when you have that many kids involved, it is not going to get any easier. So I'm trying to talk you off the ledge here as far as that goes and try to open the line of communication with him, try to champion him
0: and find creative ways, you know, and so it doesn't have to be all or none. It doesn't have to be give up your entrepreneurship for this job or it's over, you know, like those ultimatums are pretty big and, you know, but you can get creative how to solve this where you can get what you need and he can get what he needs, you know? Um, And I think that you guys can definitely work. Through that, my other thing is is even if you do work through that, I want to challenge you to find a group of girlfriends, find women, find strong women in your life who can be a support to you, um, because you need a support group. And that's one thing that I've really learned is like you need to have a place where you can go vent and talk and get it out.
1: And when she says support, she doesn't mean go find a friend that's going to back you and be like, yeah, you should divorce him. Yeah, he is a piece of crap. Yeah, he's never going to make it. Find a woman who aligns the same beliefs as you and talks you off the ledge. Helps you find the good in situations. Helps you find um, the light at the end of that tunnel. Yeah, Have someone that encourages you and um, can sympathize with you. You know, maybe she's not, you know, like, yeah you're 100% right but maybe she helps you see things from a different side or a different light yeah you know find someone that's that's healthy to be around that makes you feel good around you know being around this person yeah
0: I think and I I love hanging around older women because (laughs) me
1: too apparently
0: but because they have a lot of life under their belt you know you I've talked to women who've married 60 years I've talked to widows who their husbands are in the ground now and they are so like, these are the life lessons I wish I would have known. Like, this is what I wish I would have done. These are the priorities. Like, um, so I was telling you guys earlier, I joined this, um, this, um, woman's Bible study. And one of the women is a widow and you know, all the young moms are sitting there like we're drowning and this homeschooling thing is bullshit. And we hate life and we're so stressed out. And, we don't like that our husbands are home all the time. Not me. My husband's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't I'm one not of the home one. all the time. No, but I mean, like, I it, I wasn't part of that. But you know, a lot of women are having a hard time. Right. You know that that everyone's working from home and they're you know and they're just so stressed out. And this widow said, "You know, girls, she's like, this is such a blessing. Like you have." the time to be the best wife and the best mom you can be. And that is, there's like nothing more important than that. When your kids are out of the house and your husband's in the ground, you're going to be so grateful that you were a good wife and a good mother. Like that mattered. Everything else doesn't matter. So she was basically like quit bitching and find the blessing. Like there you go work on being a great wife You know, you have all the opportunity now that your husband's around more or, you know, you have the opportunity to be a great wife. Like, go do that. You have an opportunity to be with your kids more now than ever. Pour into them. Be a great mom, you know. And I think that you need to find people who can speak that into your life because, you know, misery will just pull you down when you surround yourself with people who are on the bitch train. You know, in it... Yeah, it just, it's not empowering. It's not uplifting. It doesn't help you. It just makes you feel worse about the situation and it doesn't give you hope. So find women who can speak into your life and give you hope. Um, And that's why I say like, try to connect with, you know, find a place like a, a church. I don't know if you're a believer or go to church, but you know, it's it's been so enlightening to talk to him, and it really puts things into perspective. Even if you're
1: not, they still have great groups. Go join one. I mean, maybe you'll get something great out of it. And maybe. you can meet
0: other moms with kids your That's age, it. and you. But can you go know, have it's a safe
1: days. space usually if you go and you join one. You know, if you're not a believer, my suggestion would be go find a Christian support group of what you're looking for of single mothers, maybe you know, or divorce care, or you know, like we're starting a blended family one. And you might not be a believer. It doesn't. And that's and that's the cool thing about these Christian support groups. Usually, unless it's like Bible based, biblically, you know, it's a it's a it's you a legit know, Bible support study group. group. It's literally a, usually a, a support group that has nothing to do. It's just a safe space for like minded people. It's not like they're there and you're taking communion at your support group and you know you're you're
0: saying all the prayers that you need to say to savior it's not about your salvation at that point it's about being heard and getting connection to get through the hurt and to get through the struggle and you can learn i've learned gosh it just feels good like even i or i will hear women and i'm like i'm so glad that's not my struggle right like i'll keep my struggle i don't want that
1: my point is to that though it's not it it's a safe space that is going to allow you to be you and it's not going to be, it's not going to be pushy. It's not going to be, um, it's not going to be anything but good for you.
0: Yeah. And you know, there's also if like, you know, churches are really taboo in your world, community centers and through your city that you live in, go to your rec department in your city and look for like, there's mommy and me classes you can join. You know, there's, like um, even like outdoor yoga right now, like if you can join like some sort of something that has connection with other people, um, doing something you like, oftentimes friendships will form from that and you can get to know people and kind of talk about things. Um, but I think that connection is super, super important. If you um, guys have
1: trails around you, a lot of times there's like groups, like mommy and me groups that'll meet on the trail and... Eric to, shows oh up. I'm your group leader. No, you know what? That used to be one before I was divorced. It was mm-hmm, one of the I biggest things. That, did you ever know about this? She would go, to, and I I, I'm, I shouldn't be like calling her out right now, but there used to be the mommy and me. That's how I know about mommy and me groups. She'd go on these mommy and me groups, and she would leave the me home. <laughs> mommy would go on these group walks with all of her friends, and me would stay home. So it would be like mommy goes and buddy would stay home (laughs) dude it's a mommy and me you're supposed to take the me with you he wanted to go have fun too. take him on his little bike it was too much work anyways anyways find something productive there's some. there's there just find a light at the end of your tunnel and do we have any more are we there are we there
0: (laughs) and eric will be your group leader but support (laughs) is super super important if you guys live in our area we're on the central coast of california in the San Luis Obispo County, um, reach out to us. Reach out to us, and we would love to.
1: Some of our some of our like close close friends right now that actually come to church with us right now met us through this podcast, yeah. which is super neat. They're and great we, friends of ours. We talk to them all the time. We hang out with them.
0: Yeah, and we are starting a blended family support group. So if that's going to meet in person um, once a month. Naughty and dogs. we're thinking Tuesday nights.
1: Naughty dogs.
0: Um, anyway, so if you guys want to connect and want more information or want to figure out when we're going to do this and how you guys can come join and meet with us face to face and let's talk about life. We would love that. Write in. Comment.
1: All right.
0: All right. Thanks, guys, for joining us tonight.
1: Thank you guys for being here. If you enjoyed this podcast, give it a thumbs up if you're watching it on YouTube or write in. Leave if you us didn't some enjoy it. If you didn't enjoy it, you know what?
0: Just scroll on by. Yeah. Just forget about
1: us. Anyways, you guys, thanks for being here. Subscribe if you're new. Yeah. Write writing to questions. us. Yeah. We like being with you guys. Talk to you I don't even think later. we're going to end this podcast. Let's just keep talking.
0: Oh, my gosh. How
1: is Instagram not? I don't know. Maybe it's a new update and you're allowed to go over an hour now. Or you maybe it paused
0: an and then it just restarted.
1: Yeah. Well, All right, guys.
0: guys. Thanks for joining us.
1: We'll see you guys next time. Next Bye. Next
0: week. Bye.